Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale. Get big brand fragrances at the lowest prices. This is the House of Aths. Yes, hello, wherever you might be, right around Australia. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. It is the House of Aths. It's Christmas week, but the athletics don't stop, which means Jay Sizzle's on fire. And I say Jay Sizzle because he might have changed his name. Johnny Stephenson, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Hello to you. What's going on, my brother Cam? You know, it is the festive season, man. So your boy Jay Steezy, you know he's out here. <laughs> Just living his best life. Looking forward to the break like many of us are. But when it is the festive season, when it is Christmas and it is New Year's, that doesn't mean athletics doesn't does stop. No, it only ramps up. It's our summer season, Cam. Yep, we've seen some good performances over the last week, man. Like I said last week to you, the last episode, did we even get a break from athletics this year? Did we? Did it even stop after World Champs? Did it, did we even have timeout? I think we had it's maybe just, three days. It's just nuts. Like it's just crazy. And seeing Seb Coe come out yesterday and say. Um, looking at making world champs the culmination of the season um, because now these days you have world champs and there's still Zurich and there's a few other meets that are straight after. Um, I just wonder what that looks like to the calendar. I actually think it's a good move by my boy uh, Seb, but there's plenty to talk about through this episode. Uh, but yeah, like I, it just spins me out on just on, and especially for our Southern Hemisphere athletes, we just get athletics all year round and it makes this show, the House of Athletics, even better because we can talk athletics all year, which is fantastic. What happens this time of year as an athlete, Johnny? I, I, wanted, I wanted to touch on, <laughs> and this is what I love about this show because you are so uh, honest and transparent about your career. But it, it is easy as a professional athlete to get caught up a week or two, you know, a couple of days, have a little extra pudding, whatever it might be. But in this type of situation, athletic summer sport, if you get a break, it's, I guess it's like one or two days. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it is, it is one or two days. And, and some don't even take days off. You know, I know I was one that would, if Christmas fell on a training day, then I trained. So it just, it was what it was. So, um, and everyone's different. And like we always discuss over the last year, um, there's a thousand ways to skin this cat and become a champion in athletics. And that's what makes our sport so beautiful. So, um, but, you know, for many athletes, it's this a really hard time for them, especially Olympic year, because your friends and family and everybody are taking, some people are going on holidays and some family members are going away. Um, others are trying to relax and wind down. You've got the summer season coming up for January, February, plus yeah. it's Olympic year. You're trying to wind up. Um, you got other people competing and opening their season. You know, we just saw in Canberra there was a meet last week where some athletes have started opening their season up for the for the year, which which I can tell you is really really intimidating, Cam. When you're an athlete um, trying to make selection for a uh, for an Australian team, when you start to see athletes, because that really says, okay, hey, I'm setting the precedent for the year. I'm saying this is what I have. Um, I used to love it because I used to think they're shooting their shots early, and um, April's a long way away, and the Olympics is definitely a long way away. Um, so, you know, it, it becomes a really hard time for, for athletes to work out, okay, you put this big body of work, say October, 
November, December of training, which you normally call our block winter training or fall training um, in America. Um, and then you're starting to get into your pre-comp phase if you're a Southern Hemisphere athlete when the summer season starts to uh, to to get on to start to get rolling in January, and then you get into your you know your major comp phase come April right before nationals, and you try and hold that all the way to world championships. So um, look, the good ones know what they're doing. The experienced vets are seasoned for this stuff mm-hmm. um, and how to get through it. Um, the young ones scare the vets as they come out through this time of camp, and they uh, they lay it all on the line early. And, uh, and it, it does get the question marks going, mate, where you start to think, shoot, I wonder if this young blood can hold this all the way through the nationals. I better get myself in check. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it is a hard time. But for look, uh, for the Northern Hemisphere athletes, you know, they've gone through Thanksgiving. It now, you know, they're still in the heavy, heavy winter training and almost comes as a little bit of reprieve, you know, because you, you, right now you should be about, you know, right before Christmas, eight to six weeks into your training, sometimes 10 weeks. Um, and just having that little bit of a Christmas break freshens you up and kickstarts you into years to to keep pushing on to do another six to eight weeks of winter training or fall training and then start to get into your uh, into your indoor season. So for the Northern Hemisphere athletes, this Christmas break couldn't come uh, any sooner for them. How did you find it? Did you find it easier when you were Australian-based? But so much of it, predominantly, you were based in the U.S. Did you find it easier this time of year when you don't have as many family and friends around? Now, I mean that. I know homesickness and, and being away from people this time of year sucks, regardless of what you were doing. But the fact is you don't get enticed by the trimmings that come with being at home. But we digress. Let's get to a break. Let's get to Jen Gregson straight yes. away because uh, history, a double-up guest for the first time on House of Ass. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale. Get big brand fragrances at the lowest prices. This is the House of Aths. It most certainly is. John Stephenson, Cam Luke, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, right across the SEN radio network, right across the world, right across wherever the hell our man Jay Sizzle currently resides. (laughs) But what I can tell you, Johnny, we are continually making history on this show. We talk to historic humans who roll in week in, week out in the world of athletics and do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And right now, history being made for our little radio show because Jen Gregson's a legend. Right? She's a legend. We, we had a conversation with her probably three months ago when she ran her first ever marathon. We talked about everything that was going on. And we had to get her back because she went to Valencia about a month ago and just went bang. Just didn't run a great marathon, ran an historically fast marathon when it comes to women in this country. And she has, we had to get her back. So we've joined again by Jen Gregson. Jen, congratulations. Yes, yeah. Jen. Thank well, you. It, it's so good. But I can't believe, I'm trying to work out why, when you guys had me on last and what I'd done, but first marathon. So that's very fitting that I've come back for my next. Um, I was just saying to Johnny off air, I, honestly, I'm in shock because I wasn't expecting to run that quick i knew i was capable of much faster than my debut but this was yeah i feel like this is something that you couldn't have predicted not even myself did you did you know you were running that far like you obviously knew what pace you were on but did you Mm -hmm. while you're running it have that sense you were going to be able to continue it for 42 k's it's (laughs) actually a really scary feeling because in the marathon everyone feels amazing for like 25 to 30k everyone thinks they're capable of doing a pb or smashing it out of the park or something like that but 
it kind of then gets really exciting after 30k because that's when your body starts to let you know whether this is a pace you can hold or not so i was trying not to get too excited i was well aware of my splits the whole time especially the halfway split i think it was 71 45 so you know that was saying i was going to run under 224 um and for me i remember at that time not being like overly kind of shocked or overwhelmed i kind of like was i thought to myself that sounds really fast but i feel okay so we'll just keep going at that and it was actually a really strange feeling because at about 35k I've, i'd lost most australians i think i had eloise beside me or just behind me and that's when i had like a wave of feeling really good and that's when i kind of kicked home it sounds like a long way to kick, but <laughs> i really really picked it up there and just kind of ran away from my whole pack um completely and um, that's when I didn't really know what sort of time I was on. Um, at one point I was trying to do the maths at about 40 K, but could not do it to save myself. So I just thought just run home and you'll see the clock when you get there. And yeah, I thought I was going to break 22:23 for a minute there, but, um, yeah, I just ran in strong and it's hard to really put into words how I was feeling because the marathon is two hours and 20 something minutes of just you and your thoughts, you and your head. You remember every minute of the of the way. Um, it's almost like it's slow motion sometimes because it's so different to track, and um, that's what makes it so beautiful at the end because you've been talking to yourself for so long and telling yourself just to keep going, keep feeling good, and keep executing a plan. And to actually cross the line and do that is um, a phenomenal feeling that I probably won't ever forget in my whole career. Jen, talk us through this. We discussed last week when we obviously found out, when we did discuss one of the episodes of when you broke and uh, your second marathon and ran the time you ran. Uh, and there was comparisons between track running. And I said, look, this is not, not really a shock to me because, you know, Jen was a champion on the track and would always find a way to win. And I think that came through your college pedigree and that was highlighted very early in college. Um, and then obviously adversity with the Achilles and, and then I discussed about, okay, she, you know, now she's a mother and and I think childbirth is one of the hardest things in the world anybody can do. Um, and and when I watch you run a marathon, you've always had this natural grimace on your face when you are in the hurt locker. And it's almost like, to me, it's almost like a Paula Radcliffe thing. You use it to keep you going and, mm-hmm. and to drive you. Um, when I watch you run a marathon, I, I feel every bit of pain you're going through. <laughs> Tell me, is the pain we're seeing, is that what you're feeling at the no, time? No, not at all. Someone asked me the other day, because like I'm I'm putting my focus right now, short term into the 5K, just because you can't hold a marathon block forever. And, you know, if I'm going to Paris, we'll, we won't start, start that block till later on. So, yeah, I'm in 5K training now, and I've got a 5K coming up at Mori Plant Meet. And that scares me more than a marathon. The, the hurt you experience on the track is okay. so much, it's so much okay. more painful. If I think of some of those steeples I've done at like an international level, that last K, it's almost <laughs> as bad as someone sawing your leg off for three and a half minutes. Like it's, it's painful, like that sort of lactic feeling that I'm sure you've experienced plenty in your career. The marathon is like this beautiful unraveling of just no way like I yeah, wouldn't that. no it's like a, you're in a rhythm you're in a zone and i remember talking to jess tringer before my first and i said give me a pointer to take into this race because i'm so nervous and she said try not to think about running or the race until at least 30k and she's like look at the sun rising look at the road listen to the, feet on the pavement yeah and that's Stop it. and that's what you get to do in the marathon the gun goes and it's like everyone just heads off for like this steady run 
um and you're kind of thinking about everything else you're thinking about the breathe you're breathing like you can, you're always seeing no. the sun, you're seeing the sunrise like it's time beautiful out. <laughs> time out hang on hang on hang on because yeah. i'm sure this this is going no hang on look at the sunrise yeah <laughs> beautiful run the first 30k you're running yeah. 222 223 what are you talking how do you you're still running fast gen to 30k you're not yeah. cruising but what, i think it's, ex- it's like you said johnny like i've i've been through childbirth like you <laughs> i've been through some really experiences that i hopefully can forget <laughs> the marathon is is so different that if you are have the ability and and a lot of athletes do to take your mind somewhere else to ignore kind of the discomfort that you're feeling the marathon actually allows that like you can't do that in a 400 or an 800 or even a 1500 okay. i couldn't wow. do it in a steeple i could maybe do it for a k in the first k of a steeple but in a marathon you can remove yourself from any form of pain or discomfort but uh, you know i'm talking from someone that's had great experiences i'm sure there's a lot of other opinions out there mm. but but then again in the same breath I've heard so many stories and I'm yet to experience it. And hopefully it's not around the corner soon. Things between 30 and 35K can go ever so wrong. Like you, could, Eloise, she was with me at 34, 35K, feeling great. We were talking. And then by 37K, she lost her eyesight. Like she had a sugar low and her body shut down and she had to like pull off to the side, hold the fence and like wait to regather. Like things can completely turn. So you have to also be very in touch with your body, how you're feeling, how you're tracking sometimes because we're athletes, we can convince ourselves we feel amazing when really your body's actually starting to shut down. And well, that's why I asked the question <laughs> because yeah. it looks like you're, it looks like you're checking out. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, no. what the heck? You know? Yeah, yeah. No, so it is, it's a bit of a, like a mind game, I'm sure to a certain extent, but I think also because your mind's so strong when you, when you know you're running quicker than you thought, yeah, you're about to qualify for the Olympics. You're you the first Aussie that's approaching the finish line. You know, I'm probably telling myself I feel better than my body's actually feeling. But yeah. I've had two very positive experiences, and I'm sure if I run in Paris, it's going to be totally different because it's going to be about 30 degrees and yeah, um, hilly apparently. So I'll have to get a lot of mental training leading into that, I think. But like you said, there's some hard things that I've faced in my life, and marathon running isn't one of those. Before I go to my next question, complete segue, I, I did see, I don't know if you remember the Polish runner, Adam Koch. Yeah, sure. Oh, I saw his did you see his very... Oh, I did saw you, his finish on Twitter. I don't know, Cam, I don't know if you got to see This guy was actually a beast. Oh. Um, I don't know I don't know if he won world championships or won a medal Olympics, so you probably yeah. know, Jen, but he was a gun. Polish he was, I, he was one, I, men's, I've said this before, don't know where I've said it or if anyone knows, but men's 800 has been probably one of my favourite events to follow through my whole career. It's just... One that I've known so many of the guys, they've stuck around for so many years and I've really enjoyed just watching the tactics of an 800. I think it's so amusing. And so I've seen Adam race so many times and then Ryan sent it to me on Twitter, him doing a marathon. And I was like, the poor guy would be so devastated that someone captured this and it's gone viral on the internet. But he's looked like he'd been snipered several times. Badly. And then like a woman has like picked him up and carried him to the finish, but he's almost... Like doesn't want her to. Help. Doesn't want it. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll put a I'll put a bit of context for our listeners that Adam 
shot Polish 800 meter champion and one of the world's best. At one point in time, it would have been the top in the world. Mm-hmm. Decides to run. Was it one of the American marathons? Jen, yeah, Jen? I don't even know which one it was. Uh, well, like, I couldn't tell. Anyway, you. runs a marathon. It would have been 100 meters to go, and his body completely shuts down. Like Jen mm-hmm. says, looks like he's been snipered, mm-hmm. and looks like I don't know if anybody's done that little trick for your kids. You sort of walk behind the kitchen bench like you're walking downstairs. <laughs> it's, it's how he looked as he was trying it's to finish. lower and lower. It was 100 meters to go, and someone tried to come help him. And as the champion is, you could tell he was just looking, going, "Is this really happening to me? I was one of the best in the world, and oh, this no. marathon's brought me to my knees." Mm. So, um. Yeah. Anyway, that shows how hard the marathon is. But I'll just segue quickly because I really want to. You, you, you're being so open and honest with us, Jen, and I love that about you. Um, and this is a question which I haven't been able to ask anybody on the show, and you can talk with this because you run the track and run now, obviously out of stadium now in the marathon, and you're with the great partners in Puma, support Africa Australia, supported me over the last five years. How much do these new shoes, especially the Fast Stars, and this is not a plug because I mm-hmm. actually I, I I'm good friends with Fabio in Vietnam that designed these shoes. And I, and I would love to get this feedback for our listeners. How much mm-hmm. do the Fast Stars, the Elite Deviate 2, which are the two top distance running shoes that Puma provide, mm-hmm. how much, Jen, are they helping you compared to what we used to have yeah. back in yeah. the day? Like, like, be open and raw with me, Jen. Yeah. I need to, well, you can explain this. And also what's good from a like my opinion is I've been through the area of both. Like yes. I, I had great spikes from all my brands. Like I raced for New Balance and I went Nike. Then I was with Nike when they transitioned into the first ever like super spike. Um, I was with them when they trans um, formed into the, they first they had 4%, then it turned into next percent, then it's alpha flies, so on. Um, and then I went Puma and Puma were actually only just. Uh, entering the market. Kinda, yeah. Entering the market of distance running. So they actually, for a year there, the Olympic year in 2021, they hadn't got a shoe out there that had matched mm. yet. They were trying and they were bringing out awesome trainers, but when we're talking performance shoe, they hadn't been able to like get it Correct. out. Um, so that was kind of lucky for me all through 2022. I wasn't too concerned about shoes, but right at the right time in 2023, when I'm starting to hit the roads and really focus on Paris, they brought out the faster twos. So I ran my first marathon in the DD8 Elite ones or twos yes. yet. But they've got a three that they're making now that I haven't yes, seen. Yes, they do. Yes, yes. But yes. the fastest were ones that I always wore for track sessions, and I just like loved them. I loved the feel of them. They were pushing me forward. It kind of had that feeling that I'd once had with the next percents with Nike. Um, and then right before a few races leading into this Valencia Marathon, they've sent me this prototype of the faster twos, and I was like, "Nah, this shoe. Yeah, they're brilliant. Yeah, this yeah, they're is brilliant. It. And as soon as I put it on my foot, I was like, "This is what I'm wearing, Valencia, and this is like." there's two, three minutes there. Like, I just remember saying it to Ryan. No. Well, well that's what they designed the shoe to be, two, three minutes quicker, Jen. Yeah. And, well, and, but that that wasn't really my question. My question is, you've been through the era of Nike. Mm-hmm. with Before we had all this conversation about this new carbon plate, before mm-hmm. we had all this conversation about the, the, the ride height of the shoe, mm-hmm. do you feel the difference, Jen, between now, let's talk the, the, the fast R2s and mm-hmm. this, the, the best Nike you worn in that era? Oh, so comparing the two super shoes two from errors. two different yeah. brands. Two, yeah. two different eras and two different brands, the two yeah. different eras yeah, before totally. the carbon plate. Wow. Yeah, 100%. Okay. But I'll tell you where you feel it the most. Okay. So I think different styles respond differently to super shoes. And I'll admit, I think I respond amazingly to super shoes. I think the way I run is very economical. I don't leave the ground much. 
So any sort of like carbon plate that pushes me forward, oh, like wow. I, I use it. I'm not very bouncy. I think if you're really toey and bouncy, it doesn't help you as much. Um, but it, back in the day when people had to run marathons in just, you know, your everyday flats, like cool Nike flats at the time, you'd need three or four months to recover from the pounding of 42K. Now, okay. like after Gold Coast, I raced three weeks later and then raced every week for the next month or two and won the races like feeling as good as ever i raced valencia three weeks ago on sunday and i had three days off running and then i was back training did a track session wow. on tuesday like back to normal pace so i would say the depletion of muscles that you used, you used to have to go through running a marathon where the muscles just get pounded you know on the pavement 42k you're pulling up you can't walk up stair walk downstairs that's been taken away now. So where are you sore, Jen? Sorry, Cam. I'm completely. Yeah. I know Cam. No, no the question. No, absolutely. I, I love this conversation, Johnny, because yeah. John, this this means everything you've said the last ten minutes means that Johnny's run out of excuses <laughs> not to trial a marathon next year. So, Johnny, what have yeah. you got for me? Her husband. Her husband no Jen, look, this, you know, you're not going to get any favour you can because Jen and her husband know me very well. So they're going to side with your boy because I they, understand your So they know you're a there. coward. Fair enough. Go on. What do you got for <laughs> Here me? we go. But, Jen, you know, compared to track, uh, mm. you and I could, I, I think, you know, whether you run a 400 or a steeple, I think mm -hmm. when you run on a track, you get the same muscle soreness, I believe. You can just mm -hmm. get come at, you know you get the different injuries but you get the same pains every day at training and running on a track where do yeah. you find doing the, the volume you do with the with the marathon running and post marathon where do you where is your soreness is it in the cars is it in the lower back like where what is it is this general fatigue or is yeah, there an it's, area it's, that for me everyone's different like i you know i've spoken to izzy before and she's done four marathons now and she gets high hamstring pain and stuff so it's all, all dependent on style but for me after two marathons now there's been times after track races where I have to have a few days off because my Achilles are that sore. Oh. I've done I've done two marathons now where I I've taken days off because it's the right thing to do because you've just run a marathon, but my body's handled it so well and I do And the Achilles? Yeah, the Achilles totally, haven't had an Achilles pain since surgery. Like since rehabbing the surgery. Yeah, I don't know. Something happened. All, like they all that volume. All yeah. that volume. Yeah, well I still keep my volume much lower than all the other girls. Like um, the girl, all the other girls run around 200k a week. I think Eloise is like 160. My max peak week, which I hit three times, was 150. So I'm still aware to not be silly. I keep my Ks lower um, than everyone else because I feel like I have to where I am with my age, my history. Um, but for Paris, for example, I would look to increase that closer to 160 and have a go. But Johnny, I'm telling you, my body's never been this good. Like I do those track days, like those, you do a diamond league and then you travel home and yeah, like, three days off because <laughs> you can't like walk off a plane. Like, I've had some awful How much um, is that? pull-ups. But how much that, do you think that has a lot to do with you, the pregnancy? There's a lot of talk mm. in this over the years about, you know, when women have a baby and they're an elite athlete, it really, and I know Yana always used to talk about it. She used yeah. to say, like, I felt brilliant coming back. Mm. Has that been the similar journey for you? Yeah. And like, I know it's controversial people. There was a, um article that came out from Michael Gleason about, he, you know, interviewed me and it came out but the title was I had a baby and it fixed me and a lot of women didn't like reading that because they're like well baby bloody ruined me it's in the, like put it in the context like I am an elite athlete and I have like completely run my body to the ground my whole career whether it's Achilles tendons whether it's muscle bone break bones breaking like I've done it all so 
yes, to step off the track for a while and fall pregnant, that helped. But I also did, and Yana commented on this post and said, how about all the stuff she did while pregnant and post-pregnancy to make sure her body could come back better yeah. and stronger. And and that's what probably wasn't highlighted. I worked so hard for hours a day while pregnant, right up until like honestly 40 weeks pregnant, I was still cross-training and doing rehab. Also that when I had my baby, I could bounce back and feel, you know, like an athlete again. And I did. Like I was running three weeks later after birth. And from then on, I've never even had a hiccup. Obviously it took a while to get fit again. But body-wise, I felt like a new woman. And there are, there's not much research, but there is some scientific research out there that says the growing of a baby, the human growth hormones that you're producing heals so much. You're, the, the fetus is almost like healing the mother as it grows. And like, that's what happened to me. I had like a whole new lease in life. <laughs> wait, wait, no, because I'm thinking about your husband. And for those that, I was going to shed some light for our listeners. Ryan Gregson is, uh, is Genevieve's beautiful husband, and he's a he's a rascal. For those that, for those that, oh, he's my brother, but he makes me laugh. He, tell me, because I know this, and I, I was very tempted with my beautiful missus. Um, in 2014, we had Lola, and mm-hmm. uh, and I heard that the breast milk. Right, Cam, go with me, Cam. Oh, no, Cam, go with me. Go <laughs> with me, Cam. Nah, you're on your own. <laughs> hey, you say whatever you want, man, but I'm not going with go you. With go, take it. No, no, no. But on the black market, oh. breast milk. No, no, serious. For for for, for performance enhancing, Cameron, it, it's 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 a it's a big thing. Uh, yeah, but you probably test positive with the growth hormones that, in it. That's my point. And yeah. and, and so, so so I'm did did my man, did my man ever once ask and say, darling. <laughs> Do you mind if you just serve a bag to me? <laughs> no, no, we did joke though that like, yes, I have to carry the baby and go through all yeah. of that and have time away from my sport, but I get all these like super mum powers post baby, yeah. whereas he just gets run to the ground, losing testosterone, <laughs> like lacking sleep. He's like, I'm coming out about twenty years older out of this and you're coming out like you know, body's yeah. healed, body's fixed, and Cam, superpowers. Before I pass you on to Cam, I'm sorry, Cam. No, I mean, mate, never apologise. It is a very uh, interesting conversation because we, we've touched on this, and, and clearly Johnny and I can't actually have any any real input on this type of situation. No, so the fact no, we've we touched can't. on it and we've had you, Jen, be able to explain things that has helped you running it and your body on the back of having a child is extremely yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Listen, I... I the, I want to ask you a couple of hard questions. We talked about this, Cam, you and I. Uh, Jen, you mentioned it through this conversation. You said, look, I am a bit older. I mean, you didn't reference it and say it, but I'd like to think in September of your career, you tell me after when you answer this question, what, what are your goals? And be honest with me, Jen. Like, you, you've never been one. I said this on our episode last week, I think it was, Cam. It was mm-hmm. last, you've yeah, never been one was. to go into any race and mm-hmm. go, oh, I'm happy to come 10. You've never been that yeah. person. No, no, no. Yeah. If you're there, you're there to win and yeah. you plan to win. And when you did do this breakout marathon run in Valencia, I said, Jen now will be stuck between going, I need to win a medal in this marathon now. Mm-hmm. Cause if I could do a two minute, three minute PB, <laughs> uh, um, this is actually a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. Now we've got you on the show. Where's your head at? with this game now of the marathon. I know who it was with steeplechase. You firmly believed you were a medal winner, gold medal, silver, yeah. bronze, Olympic world championships. What are you thinking? How are you preparing now 
Yeah. It's, I find this more exciting than I did in the steeplechase because I did feel limited in the steeplechase with like what some of the top Africans were doing. Like there were, there was a period there where I'm like, I could snag a bronze on like a, a wild, strange day, like someone slips over. Um, and getting the Australian record obviously was huge for me. But in the marathon, like I watched Molly Seidel get that bronze in Tokyo. Yeah. And I just felt like that makes you believe that you can be there because major championships in a marathon are so different to anything else because the variables are magnified. If it's hot, it's really hot over 42K. Mm. If it's hilly, it's going to kill you over 42K. And so many people will head out thinking they're capable of something. And like I said, between that 30 and 35K, there'll be DNFs, there'll be blow-ups, there'll be people losing their eyesight. Like, And and I believe, and this is obviously just coming from self-belief because there's no reason for me to think I'm better at this than anyone else, but like if, if I know my body enough and I gauge my run correctly, I don't see why I can't be the one coming through at the end of mm. the race. And just talking times, running a 2.23 in my second marathon, and and again, it could have just been mindset, but feeling as good as I did, feeling like mm. there was some reserve in the tank. Like I do want to go out now and get another fast marathon and start aiming for that 2.20. I know girls um, in America, um, the American holder, Emily Sisson, she's run like 2.18. I used to think these girls were just, you know, robots. They were untouchable. But now I'm starting to like rewire my brain and think on the right day, if I have everything on my side, mm. I don't feel like that's out of reach anymore. I I remember when I first moved to marathons, Ryan and I were trying to just be positive and be like, look, you've had an Achilles surgery, you've had a baby. Um, it'd just be amazing if you could get down closer to that Australian record and like you could cool your career then and be happy because you've, you've done so well to come back. But after running 223 and being where I am now, like it's it's reset my whole brain to like I'm 20 again. It's like, nah, I I want to get some PBs, some records, some medals. I, I just think I can. And I'm also young in the event. It's crazy, but I'm young in this event. And the track, my time was coming up at the track, which is really sad to admit, but like you don't see many, you know, 34 plus runners running around the track. There's not, there are some, but there's not many. And I, mm. I now am in an event that I have a future in um, without feeling like I need to look at the clock and worry about, you know, when my time's up. Yeah, but I think you should take positive. I mean, looking at your track career, at the end of the day, you're one of the best distance runners um, in the world in your mm -hmm. track career. And that should give you an extreme confidence moving up to the marathon. And it's obviously shown because of what you've done in such a short period of time. I was always finding it interesting as Cam and I talked. And I and I just thought, you know, after this marathon now, um, I I you you and I and Ryan always talked about um when we were in teams together, when you go to a championships to win medals, you don't you don't go yeah. To, yeah. to 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 take part, right? Yeah. You go there to do something. And your mm -hmm. coach Nick Badeau is very big on that as well. And yeah. um, you know, that's just how we see things, yeah. So yeah. it's just refreshing to hear yeah. that you um you've got that fire back and yeah. well, Johnny, that's where my mentality is coming from. Like I'm doing this five to cover all bases, but like, I don't want to go to the Olympics in the five K. I'll get lapped. Like <laughs> I don't need another jersey to, for that to happen. No. I no. want to go on an event that I have a chance in and I truly believe it. Like I think I can run a decent 5k yeah. but am i jess hull no i'm not and like even jess hull's not making finals in the 5k yet she's obviously very capable of it but i don't i don't want to go to another olympics and love that um, yeah have an experience where 
I don't feel like I can be one of the best. I love that from you. Cam, sorry, Cam. No, whoa, whoa, mate, no, no, never no. apologize. I just no, want to, what does it look like now, Jen? Because you've got this time. Uh, do you have an, like, there's a, there's a few Australian women who are around that time behind, you know, Sinead Diver and, mm -hmm. and her time uh, that currently holds the Australian record. What Do you have to run another marathon? Can you get to Paris now without doing another 42? It's honestly a really hard one, and I'm leaving that decision in the hands of my coach yep. and manager because um, I trust that he has been in this situation a million times before. Uh, I think just looking at it on paper, Sinead is in without questioning it. She's shown enough form even just this year um, with her Sydney Marathon, and she did her Bernie 10K recently. She's going to, I'm sure, do more races next year. Her PB is still a minute and a half faster than me, mm -hmm. um, and you know that's confidently our best runner. I do think me at um, Valencia, even though we're all aware that Lisa didn't have her best day, I still ran faster than her PB. So I feel like in the head-to-head, -head, I proved myself in that situation. However, there are still girls that haven't run. I know Ellie Pashley wants to go out and have a good crack. Um, Jess Trengrove had a baby, and I'm sure she wants to at least put a time on the board. Um, Lisa is talking about having another go because you know she's the fittest she's ever been. Then you've got Izzy, who's young and, mm. and seems to be improving also. So the only worry for me is if everyone comes out and goes again early next year when I'm not planning on it mm. and jeopardizes my spot, whether they run faster than me or thereabouts, I'm going to maybe have to make a call. But I know that my coach will let me know if that's if, if that's happening. And there is time. I don't think they select the, the team until April 30th or May 5th. They're the two dates that I keep seeing. Um, so there is time to maybe sneak one more in. But at the end of the day, Valencia was one of those opportunities that are, you know, maybe once a year opportunity where the weather, the the people that surrounded you, the fact that it was a head-to-head, -head, so you kind of had that competitive rush. Um, the course is just ridiculously fast. There were so many things weighing on that day to make it a perfect storm. And I think I took advantage of all of them and, I think it'll be hard to run sub 223. Mm. And so I just, I got to wait and see and, and react accordingly to see uh, to see what these other girls do. Well, have a wonderfully Merry Christmas. And there's no doubt Thanks, we'll Jen. chat to you into the new year as we head towards Paris. However, it all works out, be it another marathon or, or straight fresh into that 42Ks in Paris. We can't wait to chat to you and uh, we'll talk to you then. Thanks yes, so much Jen. for having me, guys. Great chat. No, I send the two boys my love, Jen. Yeah, I will. They're downstairs. I'll send it to them now. No thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Plenty more next. Rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale. Get big brand fragrances at the lowest prices. This is the House of Aths. Johnny Stephenson, Cam Luke, if you want to... Uh, look, outstanding chat with Jen Gregson. Uh, she makes it easy for us. But if you want to have a listen again, jump on the SCN website, scn.com.au, and make sure you grab the podcast. Outst She's a freak, Johnny, and I say that in a night like the most complimentary way possible. Yeah. And and there shouldn't be anything. There shouldn't yeah. be anything in her mind that can't suggest she can't run a huge Paris Olympics when she gets there uh, next year. Now, quickly, what did you make of the weekend of, of athletics? It was a little bit on the Queensland State Championship when it comes to the multi-world. Of course, uh, yeah, our man big. Cedric, Ash Maloney going head-to-head, -head, although Ash got hurt. But a nice, a nice little weekend for a, uh, a very close friend of the House of Ass. Yeah, Cedric did fantastic, man. And we had a good chat with him, you know, um, this this year. He's been a, he's been a guest on the show. And, um, you know, for Cedric, I reckon this is a big year for him. I mean, he got to see Ash do so well. And, yeah, it'll be, it was that iconic moment of him encouraging Ash in the 1500 in Tokyo. Um, and, and 
Ash went on to win the bronze medal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon this is, you know, we discussed this with Cedric and he told us, hey, man, I, I, I'm going to give him my all. And, you know, scoring over 8,000 points, you know, on the weekend, you know, in December, on his, really is on his own. I mean, not to be rude. I mean, he's they assemble, the, you know, the best decathletes we've got in Australia. And, you know, it's in a big QE2 stadium in Queensland. And he goes out there and, and, and produces multiple games. His pole vault was sensational um, and produces multiple performances, Um uh, it, it was, you know, I, I think for Cedric, this is really puts him in a really good position and, you know, allows him to focus towards Paris now because he, you know, he's done it, right? He's gone out and bang, December. Okay, put bigger block of training. Selectors are going to look at me favorably. You know, I've done my thing, done my first box tick. Boom, Paris, next box. So I don't think the decathlon's heavily, it's not as strong as when you used to see your Aston Eatons and, you know, some of those, you know, athletes, you know, I, yeah, May is still strong and your boy Damien uh, from Canada is still still very strong. But, I, I man, I wouldn't surprise me if Cedric wins a medal in mm. Paris. It, I wouldn't be shocked by I, it. Outstanding last week, a couple of PBs in events, didn't quite get his PB overall and a, and a game's qualified. But it felt like, it just felt like he was setting the tone. And he's had some interrupted... Uh, couple of years as he as he spoke really well to us about earlier in the year but the fact is he's yeah. just like you know what i'm gonna set the tone right now get that big training block yes. underway of course national like hey, oh that was outstanding hey but, hey but cam i'll tell you you did set the tone hit me and it shocked it shocked the hell out of me yeah was a was a young under 16 year old by the name of seth oh. kennedy in the, in the 400 meters no no cam no 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 cam let's just keep let's let's keep we gotta start getting buttons that make noise like what what do you want we need someone because oh, what do because you mean? this is we need sirens, man. We need this is a, this is a call. This is a public service announcement, man. We need to tell people about this kid, Seth Green. Well, hang on. Before you go any further, then do something, man. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. A little breaking news around a young man going in the right direction. John Stephenson on site has more. What do you got, Johnny? Seth Kennedy, Australian record in the four hundred under sixteen four hundred meters. Now let me tell you, I looked twice when I saw the time. Oh. I watched this kid run at all schools. He ran, he ran forty, I think, around forty-eight fifty. Went out hard, set the race up really well. He's a mature, he's a mature, you know, under sixteen-year-old yep. kid, right? But he's still a kid. Bloody chronologic, his chronological age is under sixteen. Yep. It's, and he's gone out to Queensland and he's broken the Australian record around forty-seven ninety-four. I mean, let me just explain something to you. This is, I was a full-grown man in a professional career. <laughs> and I ran 47 seconds a number of times in my career. Mate. In Europe and around Australia. And this young man has gone out and run 47.94. I mean, that is lightning quick. And and where this gets me thinking, uh, Cam, is the pressure I always put on Andrew Fate and his high performance director at Athletes Australia is where is our four by four? Your young kids like this guy, Seth, I'd be grabbing by the stra- scruff of the neck, get him around some of our 400 meter greats, get his coach around, start to help him build this kid to becoming, you know, the, the next 400 meter champion of Australia because he will drag a number of other kids and we can build a really strong mixed relay, strong men's four by four, strong women's four by four. Strong, and, and this is a really good place for us to get medals come championships, come Olympic Games. And um, this this is amazing running by this young bloke, 4794. Um, it's astonishing, Cam. Freakish. Uh, uh, that time, that time will get him a, a, a top eight at mm-hmm. Nationals. Jeez. And mark my words, you can hey, mark you know, my words, that time hey, there I'll ask you will this. be in the top eight at Nationals come Olympic year. Should they look, should they look, if he's able to hold it, should they look to include him? 
in the Olympic team to get over no. there from experience. No, 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 not, not Olympics. No, okay. If it was a world championship, Commonwealth Games, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, you'd be taking. You'd, you'd have to take him. Yes, I, I think it's one of the greatest things to take a young kid like that. Yeah. Um, and, and you, yeah, it's similar to what they do in rugby and football and around the world. They they do that in a lot of team sports. I think you did, but Olympic Games, no. I mean, Olympics is something which that's fair. Definitely earned me like that. That that there is the best of the best, and you and you pull up and make it happen. Unless you're a phenom, like you say in Bolt, they took him in True. 2004 when he was a bit he was a bit underdone. But this kid's not far away, running 47.94. You're not far away from being a young Usain Bolt. Hello, you that is it's, it's, it's lightning. It's, it's lightning quick, man. Uh, hats off to him and to his coach and to his family. Um, and just keep his head in the game. And and I'm sure Andrew and the team at Athletes Australia getting around him and um. And now uh, we should get him on the show and, and see nah, where his head's at. We absolutely need to get him on the show. A quick break for Chemist Warehouse. Plenty more on the House of Aths next. Rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale. Get big brand fragrances at the lowest prices. This is the House of Aths. It most certainly is. It's almost time for us to get out of here. But before we do, do you want your present, Johnny Steph? I don't know. I don't know, Cam. You don't want it? I really don't know. I re- no, I really don't because I know what you do. You do this every week. What? And you cheat. You you, you treat me like a like a like a cheap prom date. At number set five, me up, set me up. Here we go. You ready? Go Top on. five male pole vaulters of all time. I've I've had to do yeah. male because female is such a shorter history of the event, right? So top five male pole vaulters of all time. And number five, Bob Seagren. Olympic gold, silver as well. Yeah. So Fair number five, number four. I, I, I apologize if I said this wrong. Is it Lavalini? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Sorry. At number Lavalini. four, yep. Gold medal and a silver medal at the Olympic Games. Did should have got more. He should have got more. Mate, he should he he, he couldn't should've get gold. More. World he Championships. Dominated. He Five. dominated for a long time. He did. He set the tone of the pole vault. That's why he, I didn't have him high. His inability at World Championships to gain gold. I think he had a silver and four bronzes. Mm. I had him a little lower. At number three, Bob Richards. The only two-timer. At the Olympic Games, when it comes to pole vault, he also it was in the decathlon at the Olympic Games. With Bob Richards, we have to go back a fair uh, way. Yeah, what do you mean? Going back a long way. I don't know. I've got to go that far. But he's anyway, a two-time Olympic yeah, pole vault gold medalist. What more do you want the man to do? Uh, I don't know, mate. Who, who do going. you have at number one? Who would you have at number one? We have a legend and a current best in the world who's going in the in the right direction. So nah, got... De plant is number one. Nah, no. Easy. I've got him at number two. I've got oh, the planets at number two. Now I think in you, the end, you, you, you. I think in you, the end he will end up being. The plot. No, I haven't. You have lost. I think he he's will... not ending up anything, Cameron. He's number one, mate. Yeah, he's Full number stop. one right now. Recency bias, and I reckon he will end up being number one. But he's number two right now. Sergey Bubka made pole vault sexy. He was dominant oh. in the world championships. Mate, he had know... thirty-five world. He did whatever he wanted. He owned it. His Olympic gold medalist. Do Plantis <laughs> in the end when he's retired he's it. will be be number one? But I've got Bubka at one. What I'm disappointed in. Go on. That, that you. I would have put Steve Hooker in my five. I would have put Steve Hooker in my five, and I'll tell you why. I, I flipped a coin. I, I literally had him at six. I legitimately. And he could be six, but yeah. Commonwealth, World, and Olympic. Yeah. I mean, get the treble. I, I think. He, I know. He just didn't. He just didn't get the super, super, super big, extraordinary heights. When you're talking Booker and Deplantis and Lebanil, he just didn't get. But, that's but, why he missed out, and uh, uh, that's yeah. harsh. And I should have probably been a bit more patriotic. Yeah. But I had him at. I actually legitimately oh, I, had him I, at I six. I think. I think your scoring system was was warped. I think you went why? medals into setting the tone and what he did, and he was the man. Deplantis number one mm. for me. 
Hook cut Rest number two. Deplantis, on, the way he's clearing world record heights and breaking world record after world record, he's doing it easy. Deplantis for me, number one. I'm... But anyway, well done, Cameron. I wish you nothing but the best <laughs> for the new year. It's Dude. been sensational, Dude. the household athletics. I wish you nothing but the best. Have a beautiful Christmas. To all our listeners out there, Johnny Steph loves every one of you. Cameron, I couldn't do this show without you. You are the man. Looking forward to next year because I think this is our last show. Before... No, we meant to have one next week, but we'll work it. We'll talk about it off air. Either way, we're getting out of here. Jay Stizzle, thank you, buddy. Peace.